We are continuing through the letter of, uh, letter of Ephesians, and so if you have your Bible, turn to chapter 4. Um, last week, I was supposed to go through verse, seven, or through verse 16 last week, uh, but we kind of stopped at verse 6, and uh, it's a good thing, otherwise someone's uh, lunch might have gotten burned or something. Um, but we're going to continue that this week. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to chapter 4. As you're doing that, I just want to continue to remind you to take some time and uh, to read through the letter each week. And some of you are like, yes, we know, I've been doing it. Some of you may not have been doing it, and guess what? Uh, your sin and shame are covered. Uh, it's okay. You can start this week. No, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. But you can still, you can start this week. If you haven't done that, you can start this week and you can go ahead and begin reading. It takes about 15, 20 minutes and I encourage you because it's just so cool to read the full letter in its full context together. And, uh, and not only that, each week you do it, you just absorb more and more of it. And uh, the Holy Spirit just continues to speak uh, more and more. Uh, to you. So I just encourage you to do that. Uh, take your time. And then also remember that this is a letter written to, probably not specifically to the, to the church in Ephesus, but I'm pretty sure, but they, they got the letter and it's credited to them, but it was circulated to those churches that Paul had been a part of. And uh, imagine their excitement to receive such a letter from Paul. And how they took it in and how much, how meaningful it was to them. And recognizing uh, that they have something written that gives them direction on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And what it means how to follow Jesus. And the excitement that they should have. And God has preserved this letter for us today. For us to be able to. And so let's not just, I know a lot of, a lot of you have said, oh, I love Ephesians too. But just remember that, that, this, that God wrote this for us to have. And he's preserved it for us to have. And the excitement of that, but also the sanctity of that. And I just... Um, Read it with, with honor. Read it with glory um, because he's given it to us. So um, last week we did look at the first six verses and uh, we talked specifically about, you know, our call that God gives us in the, the three specific calls. One, the call to Christ that he gives to everyone. And he doesn't want to see anyone perish, but he gives everyone that call to Christ. Once we are called, once we receive Christ and we accept that call, he has the general call that goes to all of us. And that call we find in scripture and is, is and then uh, given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us that call along with scripture and they never contradict. They work together in that call to walk and live for Christ. And then that specific call that he gives to each one of us, wherever we might be, whatever we might be doing, God has something specific that he gives to each of us to do for his kingdom. And then not only do we have that call, but then we're supposed to walk in a manner worthy of our call. And we talked about the fact that we are called to follow Jesus, to walk away from sin, deny ourselves, and make Jesus Lord. And then we have the opportunity to tell others and make disciples. And we do that as we go, wherever and whatever we do, um, he then calls us to have help others follow Jesus and walk away from sin and deny themselves and make Jesus Lord and then help them tell others and that that's what he calls us to do. But we do that and we get to do that in a way that is humble. We get to do that in a way that's gentle, uh, patient. We do that in love. We do that unified. We do that in peace and we do that with hope. And that's how he wants our walk, our call to look. 
And that's so cool that the first thing as we walked through and said, this is who you are in Christ. This is what you have in Christ. Now I want you to go in Christ and do and do it this way. Do it with gentleness, with humbleness, patience. Because that's not our first instinct, is it? (laughs) Some of us it isn't. So this week we're going to look at verse 7 through 16. So I want to encourage you to stand in honor of God's word. And uh, we're going to read. I'm actually going to start in verse 1 and read all the way through verse 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens and in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this letter that you have preserved for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here among us. and We are thankful for your presence. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to worship you in prayer, through giving, through song, and through your word. We pray today that your word will be alive and active as you promise that it is. That you will give us ears to hear, a heart to receive your message. And then, Lord, that we will take what you have given to us and do something with it for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, we do not want to just be hearers of your word, we want to be doers also. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So there's so much here. (laughs) There's so much here. And if you're looking for that whole, hey, let's talk about the whole ascended, descended thing and what all that means, um, we're not going to cover that today. But that's a great study, and I want to encourage you to take some time and look at that and to see uh, what, what uh, people have written on that and, and uh, come to that one because it's a really fun study to look at, so I encourage you that. But we are going to look at three specific things. And the first thing is this, God has given each of us additional gifts. 
God has given each of us additional gifts. This is what's so cool. The very first gift God has given us is mumble, mumble, a little louder. His son. He's given us his son. He gave us Jesus. Jesus came. That was our first gift. The next gift he gave us was the gift of his Holy Spirit. And he says, uh, if you want it, ask for it. And he will give it freely. And we ask for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit fills us. But then the Holy Spirit gives us each additional gifts. We are given additional gifts. And I, and I believe that, it's for, that this is for all of us. And it says that he is, gives them as Christ apportions it. That means he knows us and he gives us exactly what we need, what he would have for us to have. Uh, verses 7 and 8, but to each one of us, each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. He's given gifts to his people the end of verse 8. Verses 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. God has given us gifts. Um, spiritual gifts. Uh, spiritual gift um, refers to the endowment of extraordinary power given by the Holy Spirit. These are believed by followers to be supernatural graces, which individual Christians need. Do we need them? I think we do need them. I think we need them. Uh, to fulfill the mission of the church. What's the mission of the church? Make disciples. Tell other people about Jesus. And then help them grow. We'll get into that. I love that. These are believed by followers to be supernatural graces which individuals, Christians need to fulfill the mission of the church. Spiritual gifts is a theological term for the extraordinary graces given to these Christians, individual Christians for the good of others and is distinguished from the graces given for personal sanctification such as the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. We give the Holy Spirit. That comes out in every believer uh, for all of us. But then there are specific gifts that the Spirit gives to each of us because he knows us and he knows what we need to have. We each have our part to play. We need to do it. Um, skip, over, skip if you have your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It talks about the gifts. Uh, Paul also talks about the gifts in Romans chapter 12. We have verses 6 through 8. I want to read those up here. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is show mercy, do it cheerfully. Not only are we given gifts, but then we are expected to then use those gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Starting in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but, all, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, 
to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretations of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We each have our part. It goes in to say that we, can, we shouldn't want each other's parts, that we should be happy with the part that we get to play. We also need to say we don't, we can't, we, we reject the other parts. We, we had our elder prayer time this morning, and, and I appreciated our elder prayer time. You know, uh, we are given our different gifts. One of our elder prayer, help me accept that other people have different gifts. Because sometimes we just want to operate in our gifts and say, what's wrong with everyone else? Why can't they operate the same way? Because we're made differently and we're gifted differently. And God gives each of us here, uh, the gift that he has given us as Christ apportioned. And we need to support and encourage each other's giftings. We can't wish for a different part. We need to do it. 1 Corinthians 12, skip down to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Each one. We read that, we often think individually. This is talking about you. You. You are the body of Christ. You. Not you, but you. Another way to say this, better for us probably to understand is y'all. <laughs> y'all are the body of Christ. Actually, to really get down to it, the even better way to say it is all y'all. All, you all, are the body of Christ. All y'all. That's probably, we understand that a little bit better, don't we? Not individual. We are individuals, and God, Christ gives individually for different purposes, but it's for all of us. All for the body of Christ. And it's all for his purposes. And we don't understand why he gives different people different gifts, but he does. I say, God, why'd you make me this way? God, why do I get to be this way for you? You ever look at someone and say, I wish I had their gift? Stop it. <laughs> We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be thankful for what we have and just operate in that and do it. If it's encouragement, then encourage. If it's teaching, then teach. Over time, God has revealed uh, my gifts that he's given me to me. Okay, I didn't know him when I was young. I didn't know him growing up. I, I didn't know him until I was an adult. Even then, I'm still learning him. Uh, one of my giftings is, uh, is faith. Uh, I've actually had people tell me I have too much faith. Can you have that? They say, you have too much faith. There's just no way. You have too much. And I'm like, I don't think so. My God's pretty big. My God's very big. Let's just go. Let him do it. He'll deal with it. He'll sort it out. Let's just go. I've been accused of, but I believe that's because God's given me that as gifting. Um, I've had people tell me that I'm a gifted teacher, that I'm gifted in leadership, uh, prophecy, wisdom. Uh, God has blessed me in, different, in, in these giftings, and I appreciate them, and I try my best to operate in them and do the things he's asked me to do. Uh, these aren't giftings that I've just said that I've had. I've had usually most of these, it's because someone has said to me, uh, or different people have prayed for me, and, uh, and it's been revealed. If you know your giftings, I encourage you, do them. If you don't know and you're curious, we'd love to help you figure that out. Uh, they, they do have spiritual gifts, what they call inventory surveys. 
they're good. It's a good starting place if you want to take one of those. You can Google and find one. We, we've got some resources we can help you with if you want to email us and let us know. But I really just uh, spend some time in prayer asking God to reveal it to you. And talk to people that know Jesus well, that you know well, and ask them what they think. To me, that's the biggest way that I've been encouraged in my giftings is through other believers that I know know Jesus well and speak into my life. And that's the best way. But he's given all of us a gift, multiple gifts, I believe. And he wants us to use them. So it's good for us to find out what they are to use them. The second thing that I want us to look at here that I see is that we get to grow up into Christ We get to grow up into Christ. Verses 13 through 15. I'll start in verse 12. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We get to become mature. We get to attain to the whole measure. We are no longer infants. The ESV says children. So we we think infants, we think one thing. But when we think children, well, that's a little bit more because children know things. Children can actually get into things. Children can make their own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay, Infants can't, but children can. So they can do some things, but it still says, don't, don't continue to be children. We will grow to maturity. The ESV says, we will grow up. You ever been told to grow up? To grow up? As an adult, have you ever been told to grow up? My hand's up and it's higher than yours. I've been told many times to grow up. Some scriptures that we look to when we're talking about growing and maturing in Christ. Colossians 1, 28 and 29. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Paul wants to see everyone grow up in Christ and mature. We should be encouraging each other. This is why God gives us our gifts, is to help us do this. It's making disciples. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 1 through 3. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, still children. This says merely infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. Continues, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? The fruit will come out. The fruit is evident. This says here that if we're still acting in jealousy, if we're still quarreling, if we're still disunified, then we're acting as infants, children. And we are to encourage each other to grow. Encourage each other to grow up. We have to look at each other's fruit. No, we don't go around and just point it out and say, oh, you're acting like this. You're acting like that. We do it with love and patience and gener- um, 
generosity, all of those things that God gave us, God gave us and tells us to walk in. 2 Peter 3.18, ending his letter, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now, forever, and amen. Even Peter says, grow, grow. All week long, I keep reading this. I've been reading this. And I keep saying, okay, Lord, how am I growing right now? How am I growing? You ever do something and all of a sudden you realize, man, am I really growing? All right, here we go. Transparency, you ready? Why, why when I think uh, the answer to someone is obvious that I respond the way that I do? Like, well, of course, yeah. Anyone else do that? You understand what I'm saying? Someone says something, does something, asks me a question, and I'm like, well, yes. But I don't just, I say it in such a sharp, short way. I can't just respond nicely to them. I don't do this all the time, but I do it. Yesterday, to my wife, the worst person you could do it to, right? Your spouse. And, I, and in the moment that I do it, I'm like, man, am I growing at all? And it takes me back 11 years ago. The boys were helping me with a project. They were 11 years younger than they are now. So Brandon would have been 12. Jared would have been 11 or 10. Jared would have been 10. Kobe would have been 9. And I remember how I was talking to them. Same way. Come on, guys. You should know how to do this. I shouldn't have to be instructing every little detail of this for you. And I get frustrated about it. And it comes out. I would say in those moments, I'm not grown up. I'm acting like a child. Because that's how children talk. Am I growing at all? I would, I would say, yes, I am. I know that I am. Because I don't do it as much as I used to. Again, praying with the elders this morning, all four of us that were there in, the prayer, or in, in my office praying this morning, all four of us decided none of us are grown up. We're working our way. We're better than we were. We're not where we used to be. That's good, but we're not where we're going either. Would you consider yourself grown up in Jesus? Is there anyone that you can think of that you would consider grown up? I appreciate my boys. Uh, one of the ways that I know that they're growing up is from what people share with me. Uh, my son Jared is, well actually Jared and Brandon are both out at camp in Montana this summer. They started camp uh, staff training on Friday. Um, and so they're out there this summer. And we have some other people uh, that are there as well. But um, this is Jared's eighth summer at Yellowstone Alliance Adventures working uh, at camp. Uh, when Jared went his first summer, I think they gave him an adult small shirt and it was gigantic on him. Uh, he was about this tall and about this big around. Just little, little guy. High schooler, little guy going into high school. And now he's been, this is his eighth summer. And, uh, you know, he started, I think he was on grounds crew or something that first summer, which was hilarious to look at him with a lawnmower or even a weed eater. I think the weed eater was taller than he was. Um, and that's what he did. He got to do that. This summer, he is the assistant program director. And uh, it's not just because he's been there eight summers in a row. It's because he's worked and proven himself and grown and matured and gotten to that point. 
Um, I, I don't know if all of you know Jared transferred. He was at TFC his first two years here, and this last year he transferred up to Rocky Mountain College in, in Billings, Montana. It's not a Christian school, um, but it's where he's going. He's playing soccer up there, and he's, uh, his major is um, sports management. Um, you know, and we were a little nervous about that. What's Jared going to do? Jared's not real vocal about his faith a lot of times, um, but it comes out at different times, and so we kind of wonder where he's at sometimes. And, uh, but being home, hold on. <laughs> I've spent a good amount of time with him in the last month, and he talked about uh, Easter morning service and Good Friday, and he talked about uh, helping the youth at First Alliance Billings on Wednesday nights this, this school year. And, uh, you know, I mean, those aren't things that we told him he had to do, but that's what he did. And it's just so cool to see them grow up. One of the cool things about uh, his assistant program directorship is he technically, he says, technically, Brandon, I'm your boss. Uh, which is fun. You know, little brother gets to be the boss. Brandon's like, well, we'll, we'll see about that. But technically, it's true. He, he is Brandon's boss. But it's been cool to see him grow up. We get to grow up in Christ. We get to do it together through the giftings that he's given us. Uh, the third thing I want us to look at it this morning as we're, as we're wrapping up is this. It takes a village or it takes the whole body. Verse 16, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It, it's all connected together. It's all connected to, together. The reality is we've heard the phrase, it takes a village. We need each other. We need each other. We can't do this thing called Christianity on our own. We need each other. I, I know for me, even I miss one Sunday. I really, you know, I like that council is shorter, that it's within the week, and I'm not going to miss a Sunday. Because when I miss a Sunday, I miss you guys. I, I need you. I need all of you in my life. We need each other. God has made us that way. He's given us each of us of our, the gifts, and he's given it to help each other grow up because we need each other. I, I couldn't raise my boys on their own. I needed other people. Brandon came to, uh, Brandon graduated this past May from TFC with his degree in youth ministry, uh, but he came here four years ago before we came here. And he already knew Pastor Chris, and he knew this church was here. And he says, I'm going to come and plug in at First Alliance. And he's been helping with the youth all four years. He helped in the small groups, led the small groups. Some of those boys he's had all four years in small groups. He was going to do that. He knew Pastor Chris, and Pastor Chris knew he was coming. So Chris and I said, you know, because we were friends, I said, hey, help out Brandon. And he did. All the way even through this last year, they met almost every Tuesday for lunch. If I wanted Brandon to do something, I would just tell Pastor Chris. I hope he doesn't watch this. Because <laughs> you guys know how it is as parents, right? You want your kid to do something, they're not going to listen to you, but they might listen to so-and-so. It takes a village. My boys are the way they are, my daughter, not just because of me, but because of the people that surround them and are part of them. Doing youth ministry... I'll tell you this, doing youth ministry, it did not take long for me to know where a kid was spiritually uh, once I got to know their family and got to see their involvement with other Christians. Kids that were 
the kids that, now there's exceptions, but for the most part, the kid that was walking with Christ and on fire for Christ, their parents were involved in church and they were around other Christians consistently. It, because they just, they saw that life. They saw that community and they worked together and built each other up. The, the kids that struggled, that I saw that struggled spiritually, th their families weren't engaged and they weren't allowed around other Christians a lot. And they struggled. It takes a village. Here's the hard part about all of that though. Is that sometimes the church can just be flat out cruel to each other. And we hurt each other. And it pushes people away. I'll say this, if, if you've ever been hurt by a pastor, or if you've ever been hurt by a church person, another believer in Christ, I just want to say on their behalf, I'm sorry. Because I, I know that for some of the, it wasn't always intentional. I'll tell you right now, if I've ever hurt you in any way, I'm a guy, I don't get it. And I probably missed it. And if I've hurt you in any way, I apologize. And I, and I need you to come tell me that I've done it. The church can be cruel sometimes because we're, we're made up of people that aren't perfect. But I also say this. Jesus says to forgive as you've been forgiven. I hope that there's not a counter up there that's kept track of how many times I've been forgiven. Because it'd be a lot. But I also know that that means I need to forgive that much too. And so if you've been hurt in any way, I truly do apologize But I also say, can you find it in your heart to forgive that person too? Because that's what Jesus asks us to do. That's part of growing up. Part of growing up is being able to admit when you're wrong and when you've done something. And part of growing up too is being able to forgive because we've been forgiven. I'm going to ask you this. How are you engaging with this body of believers? If you've been part of our Tuesday nights, we've done our pastor chats, we've done them, we've called them gather and go. We talked about how we gather as a church, how we come together and how we build each other up. You guys are here this Sunday morning. This is our large group time. This is when we come together, we worship through song together as a large group. We, we hear from God's word, we pray together. This is what we do here. We have our other times we gather, our Alliance women gather for specific reasons, our men gather, men's breakfast they gather, and those are important. We also gather in our discipling communities, and it's important for us to have those. Our whole purpose for our discipling communities is to disciple each other. We might have a facilitator in that that kind of guides and directs it, but no one person in our, our hope for discipling communities is that no one person is doing all the teaching because God has gifted all of us to teach all of us to disciple all of us. All y'all. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a discipling community, I want to encourage you to be part of one. If you are part of one, fully engage. Do life together. That community is so important. We need each other. If you're not part of one, man, we've, we've got a number of them going right now. We have more going now than we had a year ago. Which that excites me because we just went through COVID. 
and we have more now. So if you're not part of one, please contact us. Let us know. We'd love to help you get plugged into one. Some of you guys could be facilitating ones. And I encourage you to say, I'd like to facilitate one. Find some time during the week to facilitate one. It's not a lot because you're not the teacher. You're all learning from each other. Some of you are part of a discipling community, and it's time for you to say, hey, I need to branch out of this one and multiply spirit-led multiplication and start another one. God calls us to do this life together. And that's what this whole thing talks about. It takes a village. It takes the whole body. Those are the ways that we do it here at First Alliance. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And we're going to close in a song. But I want to ask you these questions. Do you know your gifts? Do you know your gifts? Are you using them? If you don't know your gifts, we'd love to talk with you and help you in that area. Shoot us an email. Come by the office. Let us know. We'd love to help. Are you growing up in Christ? Are you maturing? Would your spouse say you are? (laughs) Just asking for them. Are you doing this life together? Are you loving and unifying as a church body? You know, I, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone today. I believe that he's pricking at something. If you need to go ask for forgiveness this morning to someone and they're here, do it today before you leave. If someone's hurt you or wronged you in some way, go to them today and forgive them. If it was me, I don't know I've done it. Please come tell me. Because I'll apologize right away. And don't worry about, oh, someone sees me. (laughs) Just do it. It's the right thing to do. You know, our, our altars are open for prayer. While we're singing, if you need to come pray, come pray. Our elders and their wives are in our prayer room. If you want to go by there, pray. We want to build each other up. We want to encourage each other. We want to be mature in Christ together. And we can't do it if we don't talk and communicate. Father, we love you. Oh, we are so thankful for all you do for us. Lord, because of our thankfulness, we want to do for you all the things that you've given us and asked us to do. Holy Spirit, move, work, draw hearts to you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.